a lot has been said about uh, the current Tell the Feds ad campaign. You've probably seen various news stories, maybe even seen and heard some of the ads. Um, $8 million the province is spending to warn residents of, well, primarily Ontario, but other jurisdictions to other provinces about the dangers that our provincial government sees within the federal government's clean energy regulation proposals. Again, there's nothing set in stone yet. This is proposals, but the ads warn of soaring costs and blackouts, cold, dark nights with no power. Our next guest says this is just an effort, a pretty blatant effort to support oil and gas and uh, has some questions about this campaign. We're going to speak with Martin Olzinski now, who is a resource law professor um, and uh, University of Calgary, also a former federal regulatory lawyer. He's been in this space for a long, long time. Martin, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Well, thanks for having me. So this campaign, I mean, hey, listen, higher costs, blackouts in the dead of winter. Nobody wants that. That's a fair statement to make, isn't it? Yeah, I totally agree. Those those are fair statements to make. The problem is that they are wild exaggerations about what it is that we're talking about here. Okay, so so where does it go wrong? Uh, let's. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different threads to pull out here. You know, I concede the province with, with out-of-control energy prices higher than anywhere else in the country, talking to the rest of the country about out-of-control energy prices is a little hard to take. So let's start there when we talk about soaring costs. Uh, what do they have wrong when they make the claim that if they're to come into place, we'll see soaring costs across the country? Yeah, so, you know, the point that I've tried to make in that piece that you're referring to um, is just that, you know, these arguments seem to me to be very disingenuous. And, and that's exactly like a perfect example, right? So, you know, we can talk about concerns about future costs, and yet we have the highest energy costs in Alberta by a wide margin, right? People's bills oh, yeah. going up, you know, doubling, essentially. Um, and, and the province, there were a couple measures that they took uh, back in the spring, right before the election, uh, but really nothing since. You know, and there are things that they could do. They could address those uh, in a meaningful way, um, but we're not seeing that. And so, you know, again, it's just this idea that, you know, worrying about the future potential costs associated with a transition to a cleaner electricity grid, grid just strikes me as really disingenuous when you are presiding over the highest electricity rates in the, in the country. And, it's, and it was predicted, it was, you know, we knew that this was coming because of the market concentration, the fact that just a handful of companies are, are, are really dominant players in this space. And they are essentially torquing, driving up the price because they can. You know, so, so that, that was just one example. Um, you know, the blackouts thing, same thing. You know, it's like, we're, we're, no one's talking about blackouts. Uh, we're talking, you know, natural gas, you know, there's there's all kinds of details here, and, and this is where things get interesting, yeah. of course, right? Is that like, so for instance, like natural gas is okay. Natural gas is okay for tw- a natural gas pl- plant built today could operate as it's built, as designed today for 20 years. After that, yeah, it would have to have, for instance, carbon capture and storage, and so then, and then of course, but the province says, well, you're, we're going to have blackouts, and we can't do that. But then, on the other hand, in the oil and gas sector. You know, they're, they're, they, they, they only have praise for the Pathways Alliance when they say they're going to invest mm-hmm. in a massive CCS hub um, and, and they want the federal government to give all these tax credits for it. So, you know, really, I just think that when you look at what the government is doing and then what it says, these things don't add up. And, and the only way it makes sense to me 
um, is when we to look at it from the perspective that essentially the, the province is doing everything it can to protect the oil and gas sector. And we'll get to why they might be doing that. I think everybody can make that conclusion uh, pretty easily. But it also, it's a continuation of a policy we've had in this province for a really long time. And part of the reason we've made recent decisions and ended up in the mess that we're in, right? I mean, the policy of supporting oil and gas at all costs is part of the reason why we're having some of the issues we are. Well, exactly. And I want to make it really clear, too. I am not opposed to oil and gas in the least. Right? I have friends and family in the sector. They want to do good work and they want to bring home good paychecks. But they also generally want the sector to do its share, its fair share, whether it's on liabilities, which we can talk about in a second, because I think those are the, yeah, the really yeah. the big issue that really drives me, or GHG reductions. And they know they're not well served by their current leadership. Right. And so one, you know, and, and, and so they kind of look, you know, when we hang out, we talk about these things. It's a bit awkward, but they'll say, yeah, like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. But so, for instance, yeah, like how many people in Alberta understand that we are staring at one hundred and five billion dollars? Those are official numbers from the government, from the Auditor General, one hundred and five billion dollars in cleanup liabilities for which we have less than one percent set aside. Okay. Yeah, let's get to that in a second. But let's back up first and talk about the moratorium on renewables, which is is part of this. And that's why we're doing it. It's the cleanup costs and all the rest of this stuff. But isn't there another contradiction there, Martin, in terms of we can't possibly meet meet the goals that the government has set out based on renewable energy because it's just not going to happen in time. And then you delay um, investment in renewables in Alberta, which was leading the country prior to the moratorium for six months. You're saying we can't do it and to make sure we're not going to do it we're going to put a six-month moratorium i mean right there is another contradiction isn't it 100 percent, right you know and and you know like people can talk about issues around reliability um i think no one's no one's serious in the space is glossing over that but like i said i mean so there are things that can be done are those things going to cost no money they're not going to cost no money can they be done in a way that for instance protects ratepayers yes they can be done in that way um but for instance yeah like in the context of renewables you know everyone's made it like it's, it's right there in the in the draft regulations that they could be they could use carbon capture and storage yeah and so then the, and then the question then i've heard i've heard the minister of environment rebecca schultz and i've heard the premier say well but they're asking for too high you know we can do 65 70 percent they're asking for 95 percent well that's a different conversation then we can adults can have a conversation about what the sweet spot is in terms of how how effective that abatement is going to be that's very different than saying that these regulations are going to cause blackouts right um and so this is again this is just the thing is that the the conversation at the political level is so torqued and it's so so like so there's so much like exaggeration going on that yeah like at the end of the day i think average albertans average canadians it's very hard for them to make sense of that and i think we can expect that from some sectors but it is profoundly disappointing when that misinformation is being driven actually by our political leaders. The one you mentioned uh, and you wanted to get to, the cleanup and, and the costs of cleanup. And again, when we want to talk about, call it hypocrisy, call it contradiction, whatever you want to call it, that's the reason in part for the renewables moratorium. Yet we've got billions of dollars of provincial money going to clean up of oil and gas. Um, again, right? It's just sort of help help us to make sense of that. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we, you know, there was, we announced this moratorium. We say one of the reasons is that people are concerned about reclamation. The AUC is having a public inquiry. They get expert reports. Meanwhile, you know, and, and we're talking about, you know, uh, I think at this point, hypothetical issues, right, in a sense that, you know, for, for my understanding is that the industry 
again, entering into voluntary agreements with landowners to build these things. And they, there's always been some provision. Now, we want to standardize that. That's fine. That sounds good. But over in the oil and gas sector, again, uh, $60 billion in the conventional uh, oil and gas space in terms of cleanup liabilities, um, $45 billion roughly right now for oil sands. And we know from the Auditor General, like this isn't this isn't Greenpeace. This mm-hmm. isn't you know these aren't environmental groups. This is the Auditor General saying these systems don't work, and they leave taxpayers, Alberta taxpayers, at a significant risk. And you know, so we've said like various groups have called for the province to do something in this space. You know, and I've and I've heard the the premier say, and, and maybe she'll say this to you in 20 minutes when she comes on. You know, well, the industry spent 600 million dollars this year, or 700 million dollars. There, uh, with the conventional side, if we're at sixty billion in estimated liabilities, and I should say some some estimates, internal regulator estimates are that it's twice that, right? That it's yeah. actually over a hundred billion. Um, so even if we just take the conservative sixty billion at seven hundred million dollars a year, it's going to take eighty five years to clean that up. That doesn't sound to me like so. We're talking in the next century, well into the next. So like, does that make sense? Is that is that a reasonable timeline? Um, and then, and of course, if 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 if, if in fact the, the estimates are double that, then of course we're talking about you know 150 years from now. Like so, then so what are we doing, and why not? And I guess this would be my question for the premier: It's just like, why not? At, at the very least, you know, she's talked about radical transparency in other contexts. She's talked about, um, you know, we we have inquiries into various things. I, I can't think of a precedent in Canada where there is up to potentially $200 billion in liabilities that are on track to fall on the public purse. Why not have an inquiry into that? Just like, let's lay it all on yeah. the table. You know, I've done some of that work. We've, we've seen that it looks like there are moments where the regulator has made decisions that clearly put the industry's interests in minimizing its costs above the public interest in cleanup. Let's, let's crack that open. But then, and then also looking, you know, uh, you know looking forward, Let's bring in the experts to talk about what is the scope of this challenge and how can we tackle it in a, in, in a, in a transparent way so that, you know, the, so that the public can actually say, you know, have, a, have, have like a reasonable opinion, an informed opinion about how we go forward with this. Well, it, it, the argument, I think, is the same, Martin, in terms of, you know, around the clean energy regulations, the same thing is it's the politics. And like you say, it's been so politically torqued that a lot of the nuance and a lot of those issues that you're talking about, transparency, actual facts, figures, they get drowned out by the motivated political campaigns. And it, it for your average Albertan, you know, who don't spend a lot of time on these sorts of things, it's those heads lines that sink in right you know freezing in the cold that 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 that's impactful more so than we'll dig into a little bit deeper and there still is natural gas backup i mean that political spin that hits everything these days it, it trumps all in a lot of cases well yeah and and and, and so i'm glad you use that term right at the end there trumps all right and, and so then surely though like it wasn't always this way no you know and i don't i'm not you know i'm old enough to remember when uh, and i'm not that old but i'm old enough to remember when actually politics weren't torqued like this like this is this is something that we've seen in the last sort of eight years eight eight to eight to eight to ten years yeah and so you know i I, and i think and i'm hopeful like i I have to remain somewhat hopeful I, i i think in other parts of the world where this populism has already sort of like, I'm hopeful that it's running its course, basically. I mean, we'll see. There are, it's, it's amazing to believe that Trump is, for instance, even in the running still in the U.S., but you're starting to get a sense that people understand that this is, these are actually 
this is dysfunctional, mm-hmm. that this isn't how we want things to work, that, that we're tired of the anger and the sort of like, and, and everyone just like screaming and yelling and pushing misinformation. And so, you know, I, I think that Albertans and Canadians generally, I hope that what they need to start doing, I think, is just taking stock of where things are going. And, you know, and again, it, 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 I'm, I'm not going to pretend like we are, you know, politicians, is, po- politics generally is a rot sort of like um, exercise. And, and, and it's often easy to get cynical and just sort of say, like, you know, it's not going to, we can't fix this. But, but I think there could be a bipartisan, there should be a bipartisan consensus that says we all need to do better to cleave a little bit more closely to the truth and yeah. to facts and not, and not constantly be, be torquing and spinning these things in such a way. And, and that when we see that, regardless of the side, you know, whether it's left or right, that when we see that, we say, no, that's offside. And we're not interested in that. And and if we start voting and talking that way, you know, and, and we're seeing these initiatives pop up in Alberta actually right now. I know that um, David Gray is, is working on yes. this. Yeah, we had him on the air last week. Yeah, Right. So, like, so let, I hope, I'm hopeful that these initiatives grow and, and that people start to say, you know what? Yeah, we're not well served, actually, by the people screaming on either side. And no. let's, yeah, uh, I let's agree. look at these things rationally and, and, and have a and have try to have honest conversations about them. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Martin, uh, I really do appreciate your time. Unfortunately, I'm out of time. i got to let you go. But thanks so much for being here today. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. You Cheers. bet. Thank you so much. Bye.